Of all the hardships a person had to face, none was more punishing than the simple act of waiting. Khaled Hosseini. Bending Not Breaking, Season 6, Episode 8, The Terror Within. Back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And I'm Ben. And we are here to talk more about The Legend of Korra. I love The Legend of Korra. Every episode this season only, I think, affirms to me that I I think I like Legend of Korra more than The Last Airbender. Which is cray-cray. It's wild. Because it's so good. The Last it's, Airbender is so, so good. Correct. That's it's not to say that that show is one bad. of the most highly rated shows in the history of ever. But I think Korra is a better show. Yeah, which received significantly less good ratings, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't love season four, so maybe that'll maybe it I will, like season four. We'll have to see. Uh, we've already covered season two, but that was I. Even though I like season two, that was at the time still my least favorite season. That said, I really like season two, and so I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'll land after we go through it again. We'll have to see. We'll just have to wait and see. Speaking of waiting, mm-hmm. we have a lens today to talk about this episode: the terror within. Fear. No. Scary. No. Horrifying. Still no. What's so scary, Ben? I bet y'all have been anticipating this, oh, but is, is that it? We're going to be talking about anticipation. It's making me wait. Okay. Right. Anyways. Yeah. So this episode. Yeah, that was a whole lot of like building up the anticipation for our listeners for, Ooh, for, so for <laughs> such, a, such a, a huge reveal. Um. Yeah, but. Before we jump into the episode, I've got to I've got to do something. Yeah, you so sure do. So I'm going to need you to 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 do what? Pull up 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, you're going to do a recap mm-hmm. in 30 seconds or less. Yep. I see. And then we can talk about what anticipation is after that. But recap first. On your mark. Uh-huh. Get set. Yep. Go. All right, Cora and Bolin and the brothers practice metal bending and then head to the Opal's going away dinner, and they have a lovely dinner. And the Red Lotus infiltrates Zalfu, and major fight ensues. Cora gets knocked out, but is eventually rescued by Sue and Lin. Iway questions all the guards to figure out how this happened, figures out that one is lying and searches their place and finds evidence. But Mako questions Iway's decision-making, and Varric lifts up a likely situation, which Mako then believes that... Five seconds. ...that Iway is there, and the gang confronts them, and then boom! Bomb! There's like so many things that happen after that. Not really. They go and then Su Yin lets Cora leave. Yeah, that that whole like extra five minutes at the end that you decided not to touch on. It's fine. It's like it's like a minute. Anyway, uh, we're talking about anticipation. Anticipation in this episode, but first we need to know what that means. Yes. So tell us. Tell Regard us. Regard is probable. Expect or predict is to anticipate. 
because anticipation is one of those uh the act of in, in, anticipating and you're like cool cool cool, great, cool. Thanks. Huh, yeah so to anticipate uh to guess or be aware of what will happen and take action in order to be prepared to look forward to to act as a forerunner or precursor of or to act before someone in expe- expectation of what they will do. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of it, anticipating is action-oriented. That's what it seems like. Right? Um, but in my head, I always say, like, anticipate and then act. Right? Well, like, well, for me, what's the difference between waiting and anticipating? And it's probably the plan that you will do, you will act as you anticipate. Like, the to anticipate is an act in itself that seems more of, um, to put it in avatar terms, uh, more proactive gin, mm. right? Versus maybe a more neutral gin is waiting. Mm, so anticipating seems to be like, I'm going to think about what you're going to do and I'm going to act. I'm going to yeah. do something in response. But that thinking of what you're going to do is the anticipation. Yeah. Um, well, and, and there's two, because Cambridge talks about it um, as a feeling more than an action, right? It's this, uh, the feeling of excitement that is coming, that is, you know, anticipating what happens in the future. That's not the exact definition, but that's kind of what it says. But they kind of define it more as a feeling versus, you know, uh, Merriam-Webster, for instance, really like it says it's a prior action that's taken to either prepare for or to forestall a later action right because here's we see uh let's talk uh lynn lynn has been anticipating something bad all season long right but again what's the difference between anticipation and anxiety and worrying and, and worrying anxiety. right and so has she I... been doing something about it or has she been just like coming up with dream scenarios in her head that aren't serving a purpose, right? right? And she's gone around and talked to guards and figured out, like, and, and seen if they're on their heels and, like, what, like, she's made moves. And is there times where anticipation can be both, can be worrying or can yeah. be anxiety? Yeah, um, I'm sensing there's a lot of overlap here. That's what I would say. But I think there is also, there's a difference, right? If I'm strategically playing a game with you, and I'm anticipating what your next move is going to be. I'm going to set myself up to try to handle that move. Yeah, and my job is to create a situation where you think I'm going to do something, but I'm really doing something else. Right, and so... Yeah, which is what Iway does, right, in this episode. He's created this facade where he is always telling the truth, right? And he uses that as a way to create a way for the red lotus to get in Mm -hmm. and so he takes the anticipation or rather the lack of anticipating from su yin in particular right takes advantage of that and leverages her trust and he anticipates that that will go swimmingly and that he'll be able to get away with this because of that and he anticipates partly right and partly wrong yeah, trying to pin this entire thing on an 18-year-old who's got no connection to the Red Lotus and, and wouldn't have a connection to the Red Lotus. And to be fair... Might be a poor move. To be fair, maybe he didn't plan on staying that long after this. Maybe it was just to buy time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he really was anticipating that they'd figure out eventually, but maybe not that quick, right? And I don't know. There's There's potential for both of those responses. So we'll talk more about the episode as we go into this, but as we're leaning into like, how does that anticipation affect our lives? Right? Like what are the number one thing I think of is package. Whenever I order something, 
Right. I am. You're waiting for it. I, and I almost. I want it. I want it more when I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have to wait till Thursday. And then I'm like, I'm checking the mail every day anyway, because I'm like, ooh, I want it to come. Ooh, is it here yet? Ooh. And then. Even if it's something like sponges. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? like, exactly. And then I once it gets here, I'm like, oh, I don't even care. <laughs> it doesn't like the package itself doesn't matter. There's almost joy or or something that I enjoy in the waiting, in the like when is it going to get here? I don't and I don't know how to necessarily describe that other than that's the feeling I get when I'm when I'm waiting on a package. Well, it's fun so anticipation actually can shift the way that your brain processes things, right? Like if you are actively finding things to look forward to, you will start to see that you start to give the most generous assumption more often, right? So um, studies will happen where if you are hopeful for what is coming in the future, that then makes you hopeful in other interactions that you might be having throughout your life. Because mm, you're training your brain. Because you're training your brain to be hopeful. Mm. The inverse is also true, though. So if you're always doomed, if you're always do- if if everything is doom spiraling and you're anticipating the worst all the time, then you also then start to anticipate the worst in the people you're around, and and so, and so interesting. Um, and and so how do we balance that? Because sometimes we need to be realistic with what is in the future, for good and for bad. And well, sometimes we need to be present in the moment and for good and for bad, right? Yeah. And so how does that? I want to be hopeful navigate? about climate change. I also want. To, I'm currently for not everyone to be doing something about right, it. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and why isn't everyone doom spiraling about this? Uh, so yeah, I, I, there's a there's this balance of this healthy anticipation. I need us to anticipate that the, the world is dying in a way. I need you to anticipate that we will not be able to live well in 50 years if things continue the way it is and if you're not then you're not taking action you're not voting the right way you're not doing that's that's judgmental in an inherent way you're not voting in a way that's going to compound and help us you know make progress rather than continue to regress uh into the worst does that make sense yeah and i think that's the question right so how do we do those things and part of what we might see is is the balance, right? Having checks and balances in your support systems that can say, because it, it is, there's often times where anticipation can become crippling anxiety. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, oh, and yeah. So having people in your corner that can help create agency or say, all right, let's, let's not, let's not become immovable. Let's not freeze. What's the next step and what do we do is helpful. Well, yeah, we've talked about that on a previous episode. Like when we have a stressor, and we that stressor causes overwhelming experience and or powerlessness that leads to trauma that leads to trauma response and anticipation can be a form of if it's not managed well it can lead to anxiety that leads to stress that leads to trauma right and and again i think it's worth connecting all of these lenses so that when we talk about them there we see that there are connections to things that are really problematic for the way that we live and learn mm-hmm. and grow and love. But again, I, f- for some reason, I think of anticipation being more of a positive thing connotatively yeah. than I do as a negative thing. Right. Like another really thing, another thing I really think about when I think about anticipation is uh, the tendency for shows to 
be released all at once or a season all at once, mm-hmm. as opposed to when it's released episode by episode on a weekly basis. I find almost a hundred percent of the time that when I'm forced to wait a week in between each episode, that I am way more hooked and interested than if I binge watch it. The show lasts longer in my psyche. And we're seeing that pop into a, a more returning model of the way television is getting pushed back out, even onto streaming services. It's like, there can be a little bit of both of like, yeah, we just, you know, the Sandman just dropped on Netflix. And I'm excited to watch that, but I, I kind of want to pace myself through it. Um, versus there are sometimes shows where it's like, it's so great that I can watch all of The Office all as fast as I want to. Yeah. Um, and so it's, again, it's a balance between those types of things and emotions. But when you have something that you're waiting on, that chance to, to in, embrace that excitement, to think about where you already are and what has been yeah. happening, like you get the chance to actually process things in the moment, typically creating more buy-in and enrichment. Especially that. when you're doing that in community, right? Because oftentimes when these shows are releasing episode by episode, you get to enter the zeitgeist of that world. And all of a sudden Talk Twitter is blowing up around every episode. And and that's what happens on uh, Disney Plus is doing a really great job of releasing things by episode rather than by season. Mm-hmm. And there's always a buzz on the interwebs around whatever is most recently released. And it's interesting. It's it's interesting to be a part of that because it, 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 it creates community in a way. It does. Um, and I think that, that people enjoy that. And I think that's like an unintended uh, or at least uh, what's a subconscious reaction or response when we are forced to wait and anticipate these next follow the following week next week oh this is gonna happen i'm so excited what's gonna and then you get start doing theory talking it just is all kinds of things so that's what i'm thinking about so a moment that that reminds me of that that positive moment and the positive is the is opal looking forward to Joining the airbenders. Yeah. Um, And the dinner that takes place and the ceremony that's around it. And and yes, people are sad that she's leaving, but there's anticipation for what's next. And um, and how reminiscent is that to us taking on a new job or going to school or um, moving to a new city? And and yes, there's always sad things that are happening around that, but there's there's a joy and kind of tackling that new thing and that can really bring that excitement level. And so like, what is that new thing that we're sometimes bringing into our life? And so if you're, if you're sometimes saying like, I don't feel hopeful or joy Mm -hmm. or, you know, what are the things that you can add into your life that, that create those moments? Is it, all right, this show is dropping on Disney plus and I I want to set up a party to watch that first episode together with friends or, um, I really like my Saturday morning bagel run. And so that's going to be my tradition that like I'm going to run and then go grab a bagel at the local bagel shop. And like that could, something that small can be, it can be a grounding, really nice grounding right? way to feel joy and excitement and anticipation. And I think that's part of the reason Casper's book, Casper Turkyle's book on ritual mm-hmm. matters here, the power of ritual, because it creates that weekly routine that you're able to fall back on. It creates an anticipation. It's like, oh, when I get to Friday, I know that I'm shutting off my phone for 24 hours. So I, I can't wait for Friday night because I don't have to be tethered to the world. 
um, like Zaheer, right? Yeah, really um, surely tether. Yeah. So and, and so like and that's just an example of a a tech Sabbath that he uses in his book. But I, there's just so many different things that ritual does for us, and this is another example I think it re- it's reminding me of. But yeah, and go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, but but then what happens when we don't know we need to anticipate something? When something happens by surprise, whether it's good or bad? Yeah, or, I so had a thought on that the, so in the episode. Well, one of the things in the moment in the episode that makes me think about is when Pabu's trying to wake Bolin. Yep. Right? Yep, yep, and yep. so, like, there's Bolin is not expecting anything to happen here. Nope. He's not ready for He's anything to happen He's in the safest city here. in the world. He's in the safe city in the world. He's sleeping. Pabu, it's not time to play. But because he wasn't anticipating anything... It took him that much longer to wake up and to realize what was happening and um, and and act on it. And it's the same. That same argument can be used for these guards, right? Exactly. What, is it, what does it mean to be a guard in the, in safest, the safest city, city in, in the world? world? Right? Are they in the safest city are they, in the world? Is that the word? Are no, those lyrics? that is okay. not the lyric to the song. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, uh, I just imagine three guards going around singing, <laughs> singing that around. <laughs> In the safest city in the safest world. Safest city in the <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't think that I would be very vigilant if I were a guard in the safest city in the world. Like, they work day after day, potentially month after month, potentially year after year, with not much to do, right? They have a literal metal dome protecting the city every night. And I'm just, I'm curious about uh being kind of lulled into a false sense of security and how not anticipating something and it's in it's so, so so tough because the opposite is also not good the not being able to sleep because you're constant, all, constant vigilance always ready like that's also not a good place to be and so this is where we say no there's there's an in between right because one of the things that it reminds me of is is lifeguards yeah right yeah. If I'm working a community pool or a or a lap swimming pool where everyone is choosing to lap swim and it's not a play time, it is tough for those lifeguards to stay focused. Stay focused. I was a lifeguard. Uh, <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> and because it's just someone swimming back and forth. And yep. so how do you stay vigilant when you haven't had any you've you've never had to jump in the water in two years of lifeguarding? Um and so that's not a safe place to be. But what are the checks and balances that you get to put yourself in to say, am I am I ready for what is coming? And I think, and that's, I guess that's the question is, does Zalfu, do those guards have like regular in-service trainings? That's, uh, do they have to, okay, here's what happens if someone gets in. Here are the things that we have to do. We're going to run a drill. And to be fair, three times they, a year, they responded be. fairly quickly. It's not that they were incompetent and useless. It's just that they, they, there was a hole in the security, right? And, and I think part of that is Iway being in this position in Zalfu allowed him to create this facade of security. And I wonder if that was intentional. It seems like he's been with Suyin for quite a while. And so I, I wonder if this is something where he's always been a Red Lotus sympathizer and he's just been waiting and biding his time and this is the moment. This is the moment. Point. Uh, or... Is it something where he recently got involved? And I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's in the in the zeitgeist of information. I've used that word twice this episode. Yeah. Zeitgeist. Three times now. And so as we're <laughs> thinking about it, it's like, so I, it is, how do we find that balance and things? Because we know it's not healthy to constantly feel like you have to be ready for something. No. Um, 
I hate that. No, <laughs> that's the worst. But also, how do we avoid those times of being caught off guard? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're going to get caught off guard. And it's, are you equipped to handle whatever that thing is when you do get caught off guard? Well, I think that's the anticipation is, how do you plan so that when something unexpected does happen, you're able to navigate that, right? So financial things is probably the easiest thing and is, is not an easy thing to tackle, right? But like... Sure isn't. If I just it, paid my student loans today. Or right, not my loans, yeah. my, my tuition. Um, but it, And so it's how do we... Is there a way for us to save so when an emergency does happen that we can't expect, are we able to navigate that? Yeah. Um, and then can we please be down the systems that keep us from being able to save that money? Because I know that saving is very tough, right? So it's, it's I, how do we do those things? Yeah, I know a way that one character saved money this episode. Let's talk about Varric. <laughs> <laughs> you have to airbend into it, <laughs> you silly. Yeah, that's not what I was talking about. But also, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I pumice was stones. the pumice stones, like talk about taking a bad situation and taking advantage of it. Right. Like this is a situation where, okay, there was this like <laughs> complete, like it's essentially terrorist attack on Zalfu. And what we get is, well, he made lava. Look at all this pumice. This is great. <laughs> and when we end like, oh, when you say, oh, well, this is like, we're going to make some lemonade out of all these lemons. Um, I think it's interesting to think about, okay, what can I get from mm-hmm. this really tough situation, right? right? What are the ways that we can, I hate, like, what is, what's the silver lining? I don't really love that, but what, what can we do mm-hmm. and what can we take advantage of now that this tough thing has happened? Right. Right. That's a, that's a form of anticipation in my yeah. eyes. What else? What else do you got? Yeah, so um, let's talk about Iways and Iway uh, anticipating that he was going to get caught or at least having a backup for if he gets caught. Sure did. Right? Um, one, he knows his surroundings. He knows what's going on. He has an understanding about why these individuals might be there. He's got a Jeep waiting for him. Um, he does, but he also has a bomb, a giant bomb strapped yeah. up and ready to go. Um. And again, metaphorically, I don't know if it's a good thing for us to feel like we need a bomb for protection. Like, what is the metaphorical bomb that we have always in the back room ready Locked to use? And loaded. If we, yeah, if we need it for a rainy day. And that is not a great way to go through life. Um, but he's anticipating those movements, and, and and it worked for him. I mean, it certainly helped him get away. I think, yeah, it's it's... I mean, again, I, I think if you go back to your financial, um, oh my gosh, what's the word that I'm looking? Example. <laughs> uh, if you go back to the financial example you had, the the idea of having a rainy day fund is like having this little Easter egg saved away, tucked away that you can use when, oh no, my car, I got in a car accident. I now have to buy a new car. Right, I can't get to work without a car. This is a, a thing that I must have. Therefore, what do I do now? And so being able to have that tucked away is not a luxury that everybody has, right? And it's one of those things where if you can do it, it's pretty wise to have some sort of emergency fund tucked away. Right. Right? And so in, in a way, it's just in like planning for and hoping for the best 
but also expecting something bad to happen. Yeah, but but he's also expecting bad something bad to happen for him, and he wants to cause harm while doing it. And I think that's um, does he or is he? Is that like he wants to cause? I think harm? if he could have killed the Avatar there, he would have. Like he was hoping that that was a byproduct. Yeah, but he had that. I don't know that if Su Yin had found him, that he wouldn't have put that bomb up too. I th- I think he right might, again. I mean, again, he probably I think would have. I think that was a. I don't necessarily want to hurt people. The goal here is to, to get, get away. away. And so, do we do that in our own lives, in our own relationships? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Well, sacrifice yeah. something if it means like if we feel like we're losing independence. Yeah. In a relationship. Or <laughs> Story of my life. Or we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do we pull? Do we have a ripcord that's there ready to go? Yeah, it's called the cold shoulder. And if you are consistently ready to yank the ripcord, at some point you're going to accidentally rip it. But also, if you're constantly in this place of awaiting a time that you need to pull the ripcord, you're going to miss out on all the the good times that are happening in that moment, right? I mean, there's absolutely an element of foreboding joy, right? right? When we are always anticipating the worst. And an, an example of that is I have a friend who uh, recently was ho- like holding things back, but had applied to a job with NASA. Super cool, and they weren't willing to share until they got pretty far along in the process because they were like, "I don't, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to if I say something and then I don't get it, it's gonna be I'm every, I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna be really sad. So I don't want to talk about it. But we weren't able to celebrate with them until they told us. Um, they ended up not getting the position. But it was one of those things where we were able to be a part of that journey for a good month that was really, really beautiful and it was like really cool. And it was hard. And we were there and it was that like shared burden almost. And so I, I think that there's an element of of what if it what if it actually goes wrong that leads us to not want to lean into the good part, the goods of the anticipation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's what foreboding joy is. Like it could go wrong. And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm I'm not gonna gonna feel the joy, all the joy that leads up to this one bad moment. I'm just gonna experience the bad moment and deprive myself of all the joy that's happening beforehand. Um you know, we see that there's sometimes anticipation in this episode. Uh, the moment where Bolin has to throw the rocket plea. Um, yeah, and is scared to do it, but yeah. he has to, and then like hits it. It works. Everything goes well. They're able to get Cora back because of it. But he was almost paralyzed from being able to do that thing because of the anticipation of what happens if I fail. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, frankly, he did fail. He missed. He missed. He missed four or five times correct. before he, he was able to land. Got it. it right. Right. And so, um, and then. They got to keep Cora. Like Cora survives that moment, and, and for now, for for now, <laughs> um, yeah. But he would have missed out on that. And so, you know, there's not one of these things. This is probably one of the most grayest lenses we've looked through because it really is. It's we like, want both. <laughs> it's, it's, you have to do all of these things. Well, and I, and I think uh, like the binary is most visibly visible. <laughs> <laughs> in Su Yin and Lin, 
right? They're like the opposites of the anticipation train. Lin is always anticipating the worst. And Su Yin's like, it'll be fine, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that when we, we see that both of those methods are ineffective in their own way. And so there, it's teaching us and showing us that how do we find balance, which is frankly what this whole show is kind of about, right? Uh, and so it's it's always going to be a balance. We don't want to lean too far in any one direction. It seems like, and I think that's what what we're learning. Well, because there are going to be times where like it is physically or emotionally unsafe for you to make. Yep. Being right, if there was a non-bender in that fight, yeah, it is probably not safe for them to Asami's try to there. fight. Yeah, like she's not fighting. She's not fighting, <laughs> right? Um, you know, so the, the lesson isn't, oh, when you get a chance to throw a rocket plea, you do it. Like, no, it would have been silly for Asami to throw that rock. Um, she w wouldn't have done well. <laughs> so, um, and so it's how it's understanding. There's a lot of nuance to all of this, but if you find yourself leaning to one side of the teeter totter or the seesaw more frequently than not, like that might be a time for you to say, how do I check this? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Can, well, we, can yeah. we talk about this moment with Korra, Lin, and Su Yin where this is after the attack and Lin's like, no, we're taking you to Republic City like I've been saying the whole time. And Su Yin and Korra, Korra starts to fight back and Su Yin's like, listen to Lin. And Korra listens like, like immediately. And I was really curious about this because, you know, she's learned and has practiced fighting Lin on everything. Right. It seems like it's that's just their the way that they interact with each other. But it seems like when you have a more uh, let me I'm going to actually listen to you. Let's let's hear it out. What's the best possible scenario like Su Yin kind of acts with chords listens mm -hmm. and was like, if you that's what you think is best. OK, like there was this just, like instant like caving of Cora where it makes me question whether Cora was really thinking critically or was she just responding to Lin period. Um, because Lynn, because Lynn always overreacts. So like, I'm not going to listen to that. We anticipate what we think someone's going to do regardless of what's yeah. happening in that moment. And I think it's subconscious here. I think it's so subconscious that she doesn't even know she's doing it. That Cora doesn't even know she's responding to Lynn in that way. Right. I, I think that it's less thinking critically and more just like, this is my response. <laughs> We're going to go straight into response mode. And it's interesting to me that Cora listens to Su Yin so quickly, right? And so I just really throws into sharp perspective what it means to honor the relationship you have with someone. And then if you notice trends that to, to question those trends and to see if that's the trend that you want to be living into. It's funny because this is one of those things where uh, it makes me think of uh, just any type of relationship. For whatever reason, the first one that came to mind is like supervisor relationship when an employee has an immediate reaction when the supervisor walks into the room because they've kind of been trained to do that. Uh-oh, what are they going to say? Um, because every time the supervisor comes in, they always pick out something wrong. Or, yeah. And so there's there's two things. Office space. Did you get the memo? Because it, well, it's very easy to sit there and say, like, it's their fault. They need to change versus it's my fault. And this is one where I think, like, both people have to be aware. If you are constantly coming in and only saying the same thing over and over again, you are training that person to respond to you. And if I am always having this reaction, I need to be aware that I'm always having this reaction when it comes in. And how do I shift and change that if it's shifting the way that I'm engaging in this conversation, right? And so if you notice that you're always angry at mom when mom comes in to say something to you, then, like, 
that's a red flag. Doesn't mean you're in the wrong or the right. It just means that's something you need to be aware of. Same if you're the person coming into that space, right? And so, because I, you know, I also, I said mom, because like that was a reaction that I had when I think of like, anytime my mom asked me to do something when I was a teenager. Nope. Their response was, that's stupid. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and there are times where it was probably dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there were also probably times where you would have benefited by doing it. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So I, again, it's always the one where like, what if someone comes over and needs to see your room? It needs to be cleaned. And I was like, who's coming over, right? Like who's magically going to come over unannounced and then take a tour of the house. Um, when the reality is it probably just would have been easier to been like, no, we need to be responsible for our belongings and take care of what we have. And we do that by making sure it's in the right spot and picked up. Well, I think is having... a different response than what if someone comes over well, addressing the why yeah. versus like that? Why doesn't make sense? <laughs> Let's try another so that's one. Stupid. <laughs> um, and so what I, I think what I'm getting at is when we anticipate what people are going to say or how they're going to respond, it dictates our behavior a lot of times. Absolutely. And sometimes that's a negative. And so sometimes we need to let it play out before we anticipate what's happening. To be fair, this is the reason Suyin responds this way at all. Because she's anticipating that the time spent arguing with Lynn isn't worth it. Because she needs because Cora she needs to go get Iway. To go exactly as quickly as possible. She it's, she so follows what? up with Cora right after and says, "Listen, you think Naga can actually track? Then here you go. Go. Yeah. I, I'll cover for you." Yeah. And I think that not only does that continue to build trust with Cora, but also I think that anticipating the fact that she's she's known her sister for a long time, <laughs> uh, and anticipating that this is how she's going to react is fair and i'm not saying it's necessary yeah. i don't know if this is truly the right thing to do this is what happens we mm -hmm. know that she's going to go after right i weigh and i don't know how it would have gone if she didn't that said it's a really interesting question here uh to anticipate that they will respond this way we know they're going to be angry when we, when we do it anyway and doing it because you think that's what's best right it's um there's a little bit of a lack of humility there but there's also a lot of respect in honoring Cora here, and there's a lot of beauty in both, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know. I don't know. Yikes. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Any what other else? any other moments you want to tackle, or, or or guess what are the big big takeaways we want to walk away with? I don't know. I'm thinking there's a lot of fighting in this, which yeah, cuts down. like there's a, there's a good amount of fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think for me, the takeaway that I'm holding on to is that anticipation is good. And I uh, think it can be really, really lovely. It can help us build community. It can be something that is, it is a tool that can be used positively. But I'm also hearing that it is not something that we want to we want to be very careful when anticipation bleeds into anxiety and worry and stress because that's when it starts to cause problems. So there's this balance that I'm hearing that needs to be there, but anticipation in and of itself is not a bad thing. That's that. That's what I'm walking away with. I don't know. I keep, I keep thinking of a seesaw, right? Uh, and mm. for one is, yes, if you, you go to one side, it just goes down. Yeah, and then you, you never go. That's not fun. But also, standing on the center is not fun. 
You know what I mean? Like balancing perfectly in the center of the It seesaw. also requires a lot more focus and concentration. So it's just one of those things where it's just like you need to be able to live into both of those things. You need to be prepared for what's what's going to happen that might be bad because you, you need to be able to take action on those things when you see them. Um, but you also need to train yourself to experience that joy and that hopefulness. And you can do that by creating moments of anticipation in your life. And so you got to do both. Yeah. Got to do both. Yeah. Anything yeah. else before we jump into break? I am anticipating the next segment. All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And pools. What, Talk about balance. What pushes right? you away and what pulls you in? Yeah. I will start by saying what might be controversial. Uh, I am more and more pushed mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. by Bolin in a, this season. I don't think that's that controversial. I know a lot of people that are like Bolin stands, so I'm just like I am anticipating the fact Bolin that struggle, Bolin struggled with a lot of things in season two that yeah. were uh, and yeah struggle bus, and so the reason Bolin is I struggle with Bolin is because it seems more and more that his comedic timing is more and more inappropriate, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am beginning to question. Again, like, why is this? Why? Why did you say that? Well, I guess it's because if you view it as like, does he think he's being helpful, or do, do you think he's trying to be funny? Exactly. Right. Because, and you know, we watch from the outside and say that is meant to be funny, but is Boleyn trying to be funny in those moments? I'm not sure. Well, it, it frankly, but still, certainly unhelpful. I don't. He. Mm, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I. I to me, it feels very unhelpful and it only gets worse as the season goes on right um there are just more and more moments where he's like what that, why would you choose why, to lie in this moment yeah well again like his response to iway where he like he's talking to a truth seer and like he the funny part is he's like oh i don't i don't why am i lying? why am i lying to you i know you like that's that's funny but like i don't think he's doing that to be funny in that moment he's not but and like, why did you not think about lying to a true seer to begin let's, with? Let's just take just just a second to filter your thoughts. Because I like Cora's <laughs> answers when he, when the true seer is act when I was asking questions because she's being honest. Yeah. Right. And so that's how you get around that is by be honest. Be honest. Just be vague. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And so, but and again, I don't. I think that he often contributes to conversations when what he has to say is pretty unhelpful. Yeah, so right and, now, the way you feel about Bolin, I think, is the way I'm currently feeling about Varric. 
where I'm like, why are uh, you? Why are you here? Like, <laughs> why? Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. Like what's? Yeah. And what's why? Your why are you continuing to treat Julie the way you treat Julie? Yeah, that's a weird relationship. Yes. Um, one moment I do love in this episode is the chef, like gonna missing Opal. Oh, you always loved my veggie wraps. And I just really like that. I think it's a sweet moment. I just think that's a nice moment of the chef being uh, um, someone who just really appreciates Opal and is going to miss her. And I think that's a nice moment for Opal. Yeah. I, for for me, I, the fight scene in this is iconic. Um, it's very, it's what I remember when I think about the Red Lotus. Red Lotus fight scene. scenes are awesome. Yes. They're so cool. They're Unmatched. so so fun to watch. Especially the one that's going to take place at the end of the season on the mountainside. Yep. Mm-hmm. With plea, you're anticipating this too soon. There's the here, and then, <laughs> and their love, and how explosive it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Back to this episode. Anticipating all the fun. Uh, yeah, super fun. <laughs> uh, but again, I, I think this episode in particular is a turning point for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like the whole just. Oh, it gets yeah. A lot happens. There's starting. so much. We're ramping up. Yeah, and real David and Goliath moment. Big fan. Of Rock in the forehead type deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Bolin again. I don't dislike Bolin always. I just think that more and more, I'm like, un- I don't think that I would enjoy hanging out with Bolin in real life. How did they get out of that little moat circle? How did that like he makes a really quick dust dust cloud and then they just where, where'd they go did you notice that the lava was gone when they left oh. also so like they they hardened it up and ran yeah i think and used the dust cloud as just a way to be unseen that's my thought yeah but then how they get out of this lock i guess back through highways back through yeah they knew where they were going yeah fun times fun times that's the presumption anyway yep. i could be super wrong but so we have more to anticipate from the red lotus in the future <laughs> anticipation we talked a lot devotion about it. it is earth is the element we are discussing anticipation through and so for me ooh i i don't like schedule and structure always comes to mind when i think about earth yeah like the and so for me i think the idea of scheduling things periodically that I can look forward to mm. um, is something I need to be intentional about. Building in that anticipation. Not overdoing it, right? We you used can't, to you have, always like, have something every day, but like... We used to have Sunday is like whatever show we're watching day, and we would like, okay, yeah. it's time to watch this episode of television. And now Game of Thrones is coming back so we can do that again. Yeah, hopefully it's good. I'm not anticipating joy we'll see i never thought the last season of game of thrones was that bad it was the worst season it was pretty bad it's the worst season but it's not like it was terrible it was it did not ruin the show for me the the way that other people feel like it ruined the show well i think it did because when you're when you're operating on a 10 and then all of a sudden you have a a six and you're like 10 10 10 10 9 6 it's just it feels like it ruins in television shows I know a lot of them that end really well. Some would argue, and I, I guarantee you name some of them, and some would argue that that was one of the worst television endings. Like, The Sopranos ending is one that people are very polarized on. Sure. Um, Sopranos is fine. Lost is the same way. Lost, I also don't enjoy. Some people really love it. I never even got to the end. 
<laughs> That's how much I didn't enjoy Dexter it. Dexter people didn't love that the That was a ending. terrible ending. So it shows good shows have hard To endings. be fair, it wasn't the, the end end that, that I was mad at. It was like the last three seasons that I was mad at. Anyway, we digress. Um, yes, so I'm hearing you want to build in things to look forward to. Yeah, and put them on my schedule. Yeah. And then do them. Yeah, like and cultivating like, that mm-hmm. and protecting that time. Yeah, I love that. It seems like you do that a little bit, but I'm like do you do that like bit. for instance with your partner, you you have several things that are planned with them, yeah. right? Like on a monthly basis at least, yep. right? Um, even on a weekly basis. Yeah, like we have designated nights for calls and things because my partner is in a different part of the country as they are going through a medical residency, and so yeah, we've had to be very intentional about placing those things. So I'm I'm hearing that are you trying to like look at the things you're already doing in a different way or do you are you trying to build new yes, things? Yes, and I think it's it's time to it's like I cuz there's also times I think where yes, you can do things jointly and then there's sometimes you need to do little joyful things that are just for you. You know what I mean? And so um yeah, I've got a white water trip planned. Take recently. care of yourself. That's fun, but then sometimes like I don't have I I it's been a long time since I've planned a, a you know, I've gotten a massage. Like, that should be something I should try to put on my calendar. On a weekly basis. Yeah. Not on a weekly basis. but Some people yeah. get them on a weekly basis. Something. Something. I so. love that. Great. Isn't From, your mom a masseuse? Yeah, but then I, I can't, like, be like, Mom, uh, Every schedule, Sunday. schedule me for Sunday. Every, <laughs> Every Sunday. Sunday. She probably would. She, I, she is that generous. And that feels exploitative. Um, Fair. So I already feel like I exploit my my sister for cut, for cutting my hair. So, um, anyway, <laughs> what's up next? What what do you have? On I your uh, thinking about Earth and anticipation. Uh, I started thinking about housing, actually, and the way houses are built and the way how like some of them are built to last and some of them are not, and how that has shifted and engineering has shifted over the past many years hundred years of what it what we have learned about building houses Mm -hmm. specifically in um environments that are tough so for instance uh where earthquakes are prone to occur they've engineers have created and people have invented uh certain types of cement that they can use that can withstand a little bit and be more flexible Mm -hmm. in that kind of environment and the way you build houses at the beach so that in the event of a flood you're not losing your entire home and there i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about it requires that you are able to anticipate those those if the worst should come right that you want to be able to build and prepare. But mm-hmm. what that also requires is it requires information. You need to know that that's a possibility. You got to be able to anticipate the flood to be able to know to build your house high enough to avoid it. Yeah. And I'm thinking about my house. And this is the house that I theoretically own. And what is there is there are things and there are maintenance things that if you do them regularly, you are going to be better prepared if something should go wrong, you're consistently getting so if you're changing, checked, if you're right? Getting, exactly. So uh, if you change your air filter regularly, your fan's not going to HVAC isn't going to break. If you change X, like there's a lot of things, and so one of the things that was recently recommended to me um, was getting my HVAC, uh, like getting an oil check, so to speak, for the HVAC. That's not literally what's happening, but it's the equivalent of an oil check for an HVAC, mm-hmm. and. I was like, I don't have that kind of money. But the other part is like, if I have to pay for a new HVAC, 
then I can't. I definitely can't afford that. Right. So I, I think that it's taking the necessary things up front so that you don't have to deal with the unnecessary on the back. One of my favorites. Yep. Um, so that's that's what I want to do, and that's pretty specific. I would like to have that done and get that service for my HVAC. Good deal. <laughs> be very your uh, house specific. Will be, your house will be grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, and you'll your wallet will be grateful for it, I assume. And potentially in the long run. Yeah. yeah. And so with that in mind, gratitude. What are we grateful for? Who are we grateful for? Mm. Yeah, I find it difficult not to be grateful for several of the characters in this episode. Yeah. But in particular for Su Yin. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be very careful here because I'm not necessarily grateful that she's deceiving Lin. However, I am really grateful of her support of Korra. Mm -hmm. That kind of support is really difficult to find for someone that believes you, that trusts you, that is in your corner. And I think the way that she validates Korra in this episode is something that is like, she's only known Korra for a few days and she's leaving like, and they're hugging and it's just the relationship they have built so quickly is something mm -hmm. that I really value. And I just, I felt really touched. Yeah. And by Su Yin in this uh, episode. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to go with Hong Lee. Because who is the soldier who gets pinned for the helping the Red Lotus? Great. Because it takes a lot for someone to get harmed by the system in that way and continue to like then have to navigate life after that. And uh, he gets burned by the system pretty bad, especially when the uh, the injustice is Talk about place feeling there. powerless. Right, right, exactly. And so I give a lot of gratitude that he went through that. Uh, not that he went through it, but for for him as an individual. Yeah, just offering a blessing for those of us that get taken advantage of right. in a system that is built to protect you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So giving all the all the good vibes to, to them. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, I hope everyone is anticipating a lovely episode next week. We mm, will have our, come, yeah. we will theoretically have a guest next week. Very excited about that. Yep. Uh, we have some guests lined up for the rest of the season, not for all of the episodes, but we took a quite a few of our guest slots for our pride month uh, episodes. We did. And then, but we're good. Yeah. Now we have some more coming back for the end of the season. Make sure to follow us on all the social medias, BNB underscore pod. Jump on Patreon. Uh, we got a live episode coming up next Sunday. And so if you would like to be a part of that, you can definitely join. Join on Patreon. And that'd be a great way to, to be a part of that. Um, you can write uh, reviews and like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That does a uh, great help for us. And then also share this with anyone you think might enjoy this podcast. Yeah. A great way to help us out. If you think of guests that you might want to hear, uh, you can also send us that on any of the social medias too. We love recommendations for guests. Uh, can't always get them, but that doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. So let us know. That's right. More episodes to come. Until then, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. And you are. Oh, I'm Ben. Thank you for listening. This has been Bending, Not Breaking. Bye.